Mike Simeon is someone I met at a very important stage in my life. That small window where you're out in the world as a young adult, struggling to make it. That was ages ago. Uh, we were very close, but lost touch as time went on. And of course, we reconnected much later on Facebook. Mike is outrageous. He's outspoken and a bit odd. He's done a lot of things. He's been a DJ, a film and video producer, and he hosted his own radio show for many years. I'm Dave Austin, and who are these people? Say something. Uh, do you have the... Can you hear me? Yeah, and I'm rolling. Did you, have, did you make sure that... Oh, okay. uh, oh shit. Oh, fuck. A lot exactly. of sci-fi ideas are becoming real now. Yeah, it's like Barbarella's tongue box. Yellow. Yeah. Yellow. It is therapeutic. The last generation to be raised without the internet. Yeah. The first generation to jump into the internet. What, what does it mean? Like, did it really even happen? So, Mike. Hello. Let's start. Yeah. I want to say hello, Mike Simeon, or Mikeathy, as you may be known, or Mike Hawk. Uh, you know, you're a man of many names. Um, thank you for letting me interview you just for the hell of it. I'm honored. Because I have a lot of questions to ask you. And we have you a lot of stuff to we have a lot of stuff to cover. Um are you, you gonna be okay? Ask, are you hmm? You don't have any questions to ask me, do you? I've got a ton. I've got really literally well, questions don't really weigh much, but I've I've a a list. I've got quite a few things to go through. Okay. All right. You ready? I am. I'm flattered. Oh well, the 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 pleasure is all mine. Uh, rest assured. So let me just start with some basics. Rest assured. I know you're resting. How how do we know each other? What's your recollection? That I walked into the small office for um, what holy tortilla? Ding ding, that's what I remembered too, but I wasn't quite sure. Yes, I think so. Holy it, tortilla. You were towards the back of the office, and you were squatting. Maybe you're at a table, and I remember, yeah, just being nervous because it's the first day of school again, and uh, trying to get settled with everybody, and everybody introduced everybody, and. Um. Uh, yeah, you and Ed Burton. Uh, it was a good thing. Good, good experience. Yeah. And okay. I re- I totally remember Holy Tortilla. I cannot remember for the life of me where the office was. I don't even remember having an office. My memories are mainly, you know, being in dirty, squalid places in Oak Cliff, various locations, <laughs> and various yeah. hot, like hundred and ten degree heat street corners. Um. Yes. With with all kinds of problems going on, that's my memory. But I'm sure we did have a production office. Uh, no, you're where right. We did. We did not have a production office because oh, okay. remember, remember for that movie, I was I was also what was I? Uh, per, I don't know what I you were was. APOC, and, assistant production what? office coordinator. Was that right? I had no. I had a. I looked on IMDb the other day. I had a better title than that. I was like a. Production manager, some st- office manager, some stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds good. You know, I did not get an IMDb credit for that because uh, really, yeah, 
Um, but anyhow, that's another story. Anyhow, continue. So, yeah, yeah I just remember the offices being like hunched wherever we were that day because <laughs> yeah, I remember yes. having the big ass copy machine right at my ass and yes. the checkbook was there and everybody grabbed the checkbook whenever they wanted. Okay. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is, that's on my list. This is one of the things that I wanted to bring up because that you do have a, this is a distinction and uh, for my personal life and just historically, you were the very first person that I'd ever seen that had a laptop on set who was making call sheets on his laptop on set and who had a printer and it fucking blew my mind. Like what this was like what 1994 or something yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I really Fuck I was yeah. I was fucking amazed. I was like, "Whoa, I've seen the future. This is the future of production." That's that's I really how I felt. Like, I felt like the shit. You weren't now. How did you get to that position where you had a, where you had that technology, where you had that twenty-five-year-old technology at your hands? How did you get there? Luckily, through death. What? You're deaf through death. Oh, through death. Oh, yeah. was it an inheritance or something? Lucky, yeah. Well, no. I had a grandfather who was kind of a prick. Okay, but, I did too. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, so my, my grandfather was a rich prick, and when he died, he decided that he would just disperse short amounts of cash until his wife died, and then when his wife died, you know, we'd all get all the money, mm-hmm. uh, and ended up getting about, I don't know, um, in either 150 or $200,000, really? one of those two. You did, yeah, and you were like twenty four or something, twenty five, some around then. Oh, nineteen. Nineteen. Sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah, because okay. they would do yearly disbursements. So wow. That's where okay. all the fancy cars I had and the fancy uh, tram and the everything else came from. That I see. Back to when we met, because uh, this is the important part. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's time. I do need to address it just for my own subconscious. We did mm-hmm. have a, a gay date. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I'd like to say that it was uh, courtesy of you, actually. Now, how did how do you remember it happening? I'm not going to say going down, but I'm, how do you remember it happening? You know, I, I hope I remember it really distinctly. I We ended up over at your apartment. <clears throat> um, you were calling... You were calling to see about doing any uh, substitute teaching. Oh, God. And Yeah, and, which it was a pain. And you were, uh, I, I don't know what we were doing. We were getting prepared for the end of the movie, I think, because that is when some troubles had started. And it went, just to back up, if I'm off track, please shut up. Me, not you. Um, you know, there's some times when me and you and Ed would go out to bars and stuff, mm-hmm. and and we'd be by ourselves without you or whatever. And I, I told Ed, I just said, "Man, this really has to be gay. He needs to be gay. I'm gay. He needs to be gay." Okay. And Ed Bird insisted. You know, Dave's the biggest homo on earth. 
no, he didn't really. He said, you're straight. He said, you're straight. And I'm like, didn't believe him. I mean, it was almost the point of a bet because, you know, I just had it in my mind. That you bet him? Did you bet you money with, with Ed? I might have bet beer. Okay. All apparently, right. apparently I bet a color copier. <laughs> and you lost. <laughs> and I lost. So when me and you went out a few times just to do hang out and do stuff, and then we were at your apartment, and I think, if I remember correctly, that I actually just ended up opening up to you. Okay, uh, yeah. Right. That, that comports and, with my memory. Do you have enough of a memory of that to no, put I it do. In words? But, and uh, here's what I remember. Are you getting another call? No. Sorry. I'll, I'll turn that off. Okay. Uh, the notification. Uh, so here's what I remember. Oh, okay. Yes. So I remember. I mean, at this point, we'd been working together closely. It's a very stressful situation. Um, very tight knit little group, and I remember that at some point. We were, it was late after a long day and it was like, oh, okay, it's time to eat. So, uh, hey, Mike, are you, are you ready to go eat? And I was, and you were like, yes, okay. And uh, where? And so I said, okay, I know this place. And then there's just the two of us left. So we went to this place and then it was like a, a candle Wait lit. A it was a Wait candle a lit Italian Wait. restaurant. Pause, pause, pause. Pause, okay. You're leaving something out though that, that, that led up to the uncomfortability is is my proclamation to make towards you before we went before we went for dinner before we went for dinner that I cuz I was there like the whole afternoon or whatever yeah and I I'd made a proclamation to you that, you know man I really love you and you know you said that before we you. left before we went out yes are you sure I I said two I've said that on two occasions, but the reason the reason it makes sense here is I, I said all this to you. Mm -hmm. The reason it makes sense to me as a big memory is because after you were like, you know, well I'm Mike, and you know I really like you too. We get along good, and I'd I'd suck your dick in a minute, but I'm afraid people would tell Mike, and. Isn't that what you said? No, that that doesn't that's not doesn't jive with what right. I remember. Right. But okay, Somebody continue. Else. Some someone else said that. Okay. Um. So, anyways, you know, I'm flattered, but you know, you actually said something that was very much like what Jack Nicholson said on um, on As Good as It Gets. You said something in fact that I'm flattered. If I was that way, I would be the luckiest man on earth. You said that to me. Do you remember oh, saying something like well, that? I remember to me? saying something like that to you at my apartment after, like, we had the whole evening together and you opened up. And that's when I remember saying something like that. You're right. That wasn't then. But so the tone was already set in the apartment that I was out. I was clear about my intentions. Mm -hmm. And you and me packed it away. <laughs> Good choice of words. What do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> well, I mean, we packed it away. It's like yes. I packed away my homo feelings, and you packed away your straight feelings, mm -hmm. and we went back to being straight Mike and gay Dave. Wait a minute. Wait, yeah. We right. went back to being straight Mike and Wait, Dave no, straight and Dave. Dave. We'll say straight Dave and gay Mike, yeah. 
And yes, sorry. Okay. Yes. Yes. If uh, that's how that's roughly how I remember it. And of course, I was very flattered, and I tried to be as as honest as I could. And I felt bad if I thought that I had conveyed any kind of. uh, You killed me. Oh well, you know I've broken a lot of hearts in my day, so you're just one one of many. You didn't do anything wrong, but you killed me. Well, I'm sorry. It was it was my one romantic moment that's supposed to end up good in the movies. It was no, just, you're, no, stop it, stop. It was delightful. It was a it was something that I've always held on to. So well, we go we go from that moment mm-hmm. to how you choosing a restaurant that promotes romance. Okay. Okay, the sequence is a little bit out of order because I thought we, I my memory was like we were at the we were working we were like on the set or something. Then we went to the restaurant that was candlelit and intimate, at an Italian restaurant, kind of like uh, Lady and the Tramp or something like that. And I do remember like kind of sitting in the middle of that like after where I'd been there many times before, but never quite in that scenario, and thinking like, oh, you know. Perhaps the setting. I perhaps I could have chosen a better setting. <laughs> it was noteworthy. It was noteworthy. Yes, so, I felt guilty. I was like, "Hey, I, he better not give me any of this gay credit because this is all gay on him." Yeah, I. Well, you know, and there's a couple of things, a couple of other threads in this, which is uh, one this was at the same period where I was early in my relationship with my now wife who I may have gone to that same restaurant with her and like (laughs) probably probably had a much less romantic time with her to be frank. (laughs) (laughs) And then also I know um, you, you were probably seeing me my, my best, my peak at that time. So I, I I think you're holding on to this, but I just want to, let you know that now I'm just a decrepit old old man, so you know it's time to move on. I think you can you can find some some young buck there in Arlington who who can can really uh you know take it to the next level. Oh, you kill me. I saw I've been tracking you down, seeing as this is the way this story is going. I tried hunting you down for years and years and couldn't find you. And when I finally did, I was thrilled and I got to see pictures of you and you have less hair now. Isn't that right? If, if that's even possible. Yeah. But I, it's true. Um, so you have less hair now and you look the same and you know, damn it. It's a good thing. You live in Singapore. It's a good thing. What? Oh, I live in Singapore. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's Cause you know, just saying, as long as we're being all official, I've only been in love once with a man, and it had to be with a straight man. No, so come I'm, on, you're. I, that's not I've fair. Never been that's in not love. fair. No, the, no, no, no. There's nothing unfair about it, Dave. Really, think about it. You're straight, and that's good. I'm just telling you. Uh, to, I'm just telling you a fact, and I'm also telling you. I guess how much you still mean to me after 20 years. Okay. I was not expecting that. Um, I, I know you haven't had, you haven't found people in your life 
that are of the same persuasion? I, I've, 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 uh, I've had a lot, a lot of sex and very relationship type things. And the few relationships I had, um, were fairly, uh, you know, here, well, here's what it is. I, I've never really experienced, um, uh, loving me and having them love me back. It was always a relationship of convenience and stuff like that. Well, and you, mm-hmm. you loved me back. In a- uh, are you still there? Don't tell me you hung up in this dramatic moment. Oh my God. Uh, Stand by, people. When did you lose me? You hung up like at the most dramatic moment, like it's a bit, like you're trying to, like trying to play a joke. Uh, but anyhow, when, when, <laughs> you were saying like uh, about you've have you've had con- uh, relationships of convenience, uh, etc. Oh, so do you do you want me to finish up or no? Well, I mean, I think I get the idea. Um, Bottom line is I've never I've never fallen in love with another man that has fallen in love with me. Well, Mike Simeon, I can't believe it. I really I can't. I mean, I know you're wouldn't lie to me, but that's hard to believe. <laughs> and How come? Well, because, you know, Everyone has ups and downs, but usually some, usually people find, have relationships that are rewarding to them, that are mutual, and you know, I would have thought that uh, you had that in your life. I, um, the two relationships I had with guys, to give it a um, after school's ending, yeah. uh, the two relationships I had with guys both ended up dying of AIDS. Okay, well, that's a bummer. I I did, uh, once in a while, I would uh, fall in love with a woman just for the fuck of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that never worked out really good. Well, you know, you've told me bits and pieces about um how what a what a bitch your mother was which i don't know if maybe that has something to do with this and i don't know if we should start talking about that now but uh well you know, she's not? dead yeah i know she you, well you told me and uh uh is there anything you want to say about your mother i know you have a couple you have some thoughts about her a fucking cunt <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I'm Did sorry. you cough? Was that, are you sneezing? Yeah, you take care of that in post. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I'll just say this so we don't make it all about me and this, but I have yet to grieve at all or even process the fact that she's dead since she died. Which was not very long ago, right? Yeah, it was December 30th, and my entire family... Yes, I'm doing this for to be documented. My entire family um, excluded me from riding in any of the family limousines. Now, awesome. What is wrong with your family? How how do you sum it up? What what is wrong with with these people? 
I I basically fit into if you were to look up the whole psychological makeup of a, a, a scapegoat member of a family. Yes. I basically fit in that role, meaning um, I I I they center their blame on me for whatever. Just because um, they they're so messed up, they look for like an easy out. So they're like, oh, blame blame Mike. Well, Mike, I was I'm the I'm the third youngest, so you know there are three kids. I'm the youngest. It mm-hmm. it I fell into that role early. Um, and you know, it's just a, a wild combination of my dad constantly traveled. So my mom, my mom's mostly alone. My mom starts to go crazy, like bonafidly, like literally, um, literally crazy, crazy. And I'm the only one at home she has to take her shit out on oh, God. because everybody else is at school or at work. So she did stuff like one time she she threw me out of the house because I got oversensitive. She um, uh, we were talking about doing chores and I told her I don't know how to vacuum the pool. Um, she gets up in my face and starts yelling and she says, you want me to go get your father's gun right now and show you how to clean the pool? You know, so she's threatening to put a gun to my face. And how old were you? So, uh, 17 or 18. Oh, well then, you know, that's okay. You should be able to handle a gun oh. by then. You should be able to disarm an old woman, I think, at that I, point. I, right from her, right from her. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was in high school still. Um, so... So I got a little oversensitive, which people always call me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said to myself, hey, I don't want to be in the house at this moment. I'm going to go away. Yeah. She said, she followed me to the washing machine and she said, if you leave this house, you're never coming back. And I'm like, well, okay, that's not a big choice. So I spent the next four, four and a half months uh, spending it with my high school friend in his house. My mom, after that, went nuts into a mental institution for a period of months. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up going to a mental institution for a period of months to the point where I ended up graduating, getting my diploma from the fucking uh, mental institution, not my high school. Really? Yeah, that was That's awesome. possible? Wow. That is that is doable. Wow, yet another so unique attribute to the to the Mike of these story. Yeah, and they're very they're very uh they're very narcissistic to a hardcore thing. You Your know, when family? I told everybody, dude. And you know, my oldest brother is a Jesus freak, so oh, I'm bad gosh. because of that. All right, yeah, that's, and, there's no winning there. No, no, no. And when they found out I had, you know, cancer and AIDS and HIV that I had gone blind for a week, when they found out all this, no one said anything or gave a shit. No one in my family has even acknowledged the fact that I'm And that, you know, that torques me because they all pay attention to them and take my dad to chemo when he chemo and stuff. So, um, but I'm putting a fine point on it, I promise. Um, getting to the point about and all that, 
the last two conversations I had with my mom were um, not not asked for. If you can put a fancy word in there, um, un, un something. Eh, no, un, uh, they were not. You mean you didn't want to talk to her, but you ended up talking to her. Unsolicited. Unsolicited. There you go. Ding. So, uh, oh, and and another fancy word. Um, uh, apropos of nothing. Yeah. Um, at, 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 apropos of nothing, she says, "You know, Mike, you, I don't mind. You should you go ahead and kill yourself. No one, no one will tell you." You're kidding so, me. And, and You're the way I am me. in, I am in severe depression of my life right then. I of mean, course. and she knows this. The police have been out to this house five times for me, and so she says this. And, and it's not like I was talking about death or saying I would really like to die or milking it. I mean, just she like brought it up on her own, like she's trying to plant oh, a yeah. seed in your like plant exactly. an idea. Exactly. Oh, God. And when it gets worse, so the next time I talk to her, which is the last time, you know, I go in there. It starts. Oh, how are you, mom? How are you, mom? And maybe she asks how I was. You know, I give a generalized, hey, you know what, I'm just slogging through. And here it comes. You know, Mike, if you'll try taking a bottle of sleeping pills I have, that'll kill you. You're, is yeah. your, was your mother schizophrenic? No. No, just... Uh, you know, narcissistic. Uh, was and, she a, uh, a, a psychopath? Was she this way to no. other people? Just to you? I'm just just me. Jesus. There's always a special bond there because I was her young. I was the one that she would, you know, hit and shoot, shoot a gun, you know, get point a gun at, and then. The next day, say, I love you, you're my most favorite, that kind of thing. Oh, fuck. Well, I mean, she's obviously fucked up, too. I mean, how can you how can you get to that right. point? Yeah, you know, family doesn't see this because she would save for me. You know, so my family doesn't know that she, you know, told me to kill myself on two different occasions. And then they don't, so that- they don't like, believe you when you... Well, yeah, they it. don't believe they don't believe me and they 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 don't know why I stay away so mm-hmm. they just figure I'm staying away because I'm being selfish yeah because uh, I, I talked to my dad a week before my mom died mm-hmm. um, I, I I accidentally ended up calling him and he he said yeah your mom's been in hospice for the past three months which would have been nice for me to know to maybe process but so three months and he made some comment about me being ex exit exited from the whole family and i said no one's ever asked why I said none of y'all have asked why do you know why and he goes no and now this is the point in a conversation in the movies yeah. where you would hear that go well why mike tell yeah. us why and the music you know would, no. would start to come in and some emotional, you'd have a, you'd have a moment. Dropped off right then. So I never saw my mother again. Is your father still alive? Yes. God damn. 
<laughs> well, you know, maybe you could tell him just just casually mention, you know, uh, I've got this bottle of sleeping pills. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should, because he needs some help going, man. Oh wow! So that was the way they treated me at the funeral. Wow, that's heavy. That's some heavy shit. But that that and my brother texting me, your mom's dead. Is your older Sorry dude, I know I know. I rambled off on a tangent. No, I know. I mean why would I why would I complain? You're the one who had to live through this hell. Hey, everybody has their hell, I'm aware. True, you know. But uh just uh your family's a bunch of fuckers. God. Can I say that? Do you mind? Does that offend you? <laughs> Dude, say it. I mean, say any any word you can come up with between now and death. Please. Jeez. Yeah. So I keep checking the obituaries mm-hmm. to see if my dad shows up because I'm pretty sure that no one in my family is probably going to even uh, what and uh, let me know. No, they're gonna. And they're I'm, not gonna let you know. No. And, afraid of them going and doing the whole will thing without me because there's a little bit of stuff to get which I could use. Yeah, well, you know, following in your grandfather's footsteps, maybe you can get some more some more scratch out of this. Well, I would as long as my dad hasn't, like, taken the will and changed it the way I acted about my mom. Well, you know, that that's a proactive measure that a lot of people are too lazy to do but uh, I hope so. you know maybe he's just wasted it all on on whatever Ponzi schemes whoever oh he did waste it he he told me it cost $14,000 a month to have home health care come in there is that amazing for, for your mother yeah when she well, was in the hospice well that's that is obscene but I I from what I've heard about the U.S. healthcare system, it might be realistic. Who knows? It is. I totally believe him. He, yeah. $14,000 a month. Yeah. And that motherfucker wouldn't let me borrow $1,000. <sighs> okay. Can I, can I change time. the subject? Yes, it's over. Okay. Uh, there's another thing on my list. Uh, another experience that I, I'm not sure did it really even happen does this does this did this really happen was there a gay nude roller skating party where you hired yeah. me to be security for the door yes did you uh, how do you do you remember that from the show or what no I remember that like this is just one of the when I think of think back and you know, I'm at this point in my life where I'm like entering a new chapter in my life of of a decrepitude, and I've got these memories from the previous chapters of my life, and some of them seem so far away. I'm like, is, is that a hallucination, or did this really happen? Was that really me? That. Did this, you know, like was this a story someone told me that got embedded in my memory, or what? So that's one thing I want to just like go over this with you. So you were there. You hired me. 
You were you, there, and we carried a naked guy out who in the had lobby broken get, his ankle, right? Yes. <laughs> you oh, were like, yes, you oh, know. you know, there's this event coming up, which is like a gay. No, I don't think you even said gay. It was just like a nude roller skating party. It's a private event. There's a roller rink. It's been hired. There's there's a nudist uh-huh. community that likes to roller skate. And we need someone oh, to like Craigslist. take money at the door and be security, basically. And for whatever reason, under the the sun, I thought that this would be a good idea to say, okay, sure, you know, <laughs> now I'm qualified. I'm qualified to do that. <laughs> it, uh, did that really happen? We must have been good friends then. Well, I don't know what it was, but, uh, you know, I think just that whole like indie film world was like such a such a trench warfare of like always nothing ever made sense. And you just always had to just try to do, do whatever it was and just, just give it your best shot and see what happened. And I guess I was so used to that at that point. I was like, Oh sure. You know, I've, I've, I did, uh, I did secure. Well, I ended up doing, I ended up doing security at like the blockbuster rock fest. Why shouldn't I do security at a, nude roller skating party <laughs> oh it's so there was no camera for that no it's a good thing there was no camera for that what happened what was that in my subconscious memory oh first off but the the relatively stuffy owners which were in Europe at the time luckily had no owners idea of, what? of this owners of, oh, what? of the roller rink. Okay, and which roller, roller rink. rink was this? This was the Skate Connection on 2408 Norwood Lane, 1 Street South of Highway 80. In Arlington? Formerly, yes, formerly okay. the Skate Ranch. Okay, continue. Um, so they had no idea. Um, and uh, I went to a gay bar one night right up the street from the place, and they said, hey, be cool to do that. Do you know of anybody? And I go, well, hey, I manage a roller rink. You can come and do that. And what? They you were at a gay it. bar and they, and they, like, how did this conversation start? You were at a gay bar and they're like, did you start saying about, talking about roller skates or what? What was the... No, we were talking about, with them through the magazine, I guess, talking about different gay activities. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he had said that they had wanted to have one um, but one of the rinks backed out. Um, I don't know why. Backed out. Um, <laughs> and I said, hey, I won't back out. You can back right up to me. And they did. And they put an ad in a magazine for a month. And then uh, a whole, whole, whole bunch of queers came, didn't they? Yeah, it was well attended. It was, and it was all male, right? I all don't think male. There, any, there were no dykes there, right? All, the only dyke there was a fucking 14-year-old underage woman, girl I had helping by the snack bar. <laughs> the snack bar. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, why did these people enjoy this? Because, you know, roller skating rinks are not like, they're not like posh spas or anything like that. They're kind of really grimy oh. gr- grungy places and so what I remember is like I saw lots of people nude with these 
god-awful old roller skates on. And it was dim and dark, which that's that was good. That was a good thing. They were skating around. And I guess, you know, you've got the wind. You've got the, the breeze on your on your business that must be a, a liberating feeling. But it's not really like a nice location. The skate ranch, skate connection was like, it was a down on its luck kind of skate skating rink. And yeah, and you know, well, and when you're nude and got roller skates, roller skates on, you know, you go and get a order of nachos with that nuclear orange nacho cheese and... You know, is that, <laughs> is that really, is that really the, the end all be all of existence? Hey man, maybe, maybe the hokey pokey did it for him because that was fun to look at. Okay. You're You know, you're right. I'm being judgmental. I shouldn't, I shouldn't just, I shouldn't harsh. like, yeah, I'm, I shouldn't be such a snob. It, it is actually, okay. It would have been, l- let's say. Uh, it would have been a great experience for the people who'd been there, and for me myself, had someone not broken their ankle <laughs> and had which, to be carried out yeah, in the lobby. Naked. Yeah, which that really talk about harshing your mellow, or like really like popping your bubble, like all these people, peace, love, n- nudity, roller skating, and then like, oh shit, my ankle is broken. That yeah. that that's really like coming down hard, you know. God knows I did not need the publicity at this point. What kind of publicity did you get? Well, did this get written up in the say, paper? Did the Arlington? I just, want to, I just want to go back to the hokey pokey for a minute okay, because please, there was yeah. a lot of bouncing and 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 st- and swirling dicks during the hokey pokey. Okay, I missed that out. I think it was still at the front door, which is probably a good thing. Yes, probably a good thing for you. And you've got to remember this, though. You've got to remember the limbo. No? Well, I don't know. I mean, I jog my memory a bit. You just picture, and you're picturing these guys, spread eagle, going underneath a bar with their dick smearing the ground. On that horrible, dirty, wooden, Uh 30-year-old, disgusting skating rink floor. Exactly. I hope they didn't get any splinters. <laughs> but you know what I do remember? I remember that like what someone had on a Santa Claus hat. Like that was their only piece of clothing. <laughs> was that the same guy who broke his ankle or was that someone else? Um, I don't know, but I remember that hat well. And anyhow, I remember. Okay, let me just tell you what I do remember. I remember agreeing to it. I remember being in like that weird little front box office window, like letting people come yeah. in. I remember, it was all papered off, you yeah. remember? And I remember dealing with some kind of an authority. I don't know if it was police or just like a nosy neighbor. I don't remember that. But I remember having to like kind of hold the line and I just gave like non-answers to whatever they were asking. And I was just like kind of like, nope, I don't know. I don't know. It's not none of your business. You know, are you on the list? No. You know, I just gave a lot of that. And I remember getting through that experience and thinking like, okay, I've done it. I've done my job. I kept the authorities away. I've got the 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 hippies inside skating around. And then it was like someone said, oh, my God, call an ambulance. Someone's broken broken their ankle. And then I remember having to, like, help carry this guy out. 
which yeah. like, I remember his arm around my shoulder and there was someone else helping him on the other side. I don't know if it was you or someone else. And I remember he was quite a heavy guy. <laughs> and that's about it. That's that's where it all just fades off into cotton balls and, and uh, oblivion. Did we manage to get him dressed before the guys came? Good question. Good question. I don't know. Did any of these people so. bring like a gym bag with like clothes? I mean, did they drive to the venue nude? That I don't know. They must have gotten into the. They must have walked up to the door with clothes on, right? We, yeah, they must have. I'm they sure. Must have. Um, you left out a door issue, a, a, a major door issue, which which it was go, is going to add to our um, unpublicity campaign, as well as the. Um, when it was when what we were working the door, I don't know if you remember that a family came up. Oh, like and they just two, wanted to like skate like as a normal yeah. oh, mom, a dad, and oh, two geez. young kids. Oh yes. Oh God. We How have, awkward we is that? It was horrible. We had the windows blocked so you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only way you can see anything is if we buzzed the door for the door to open. Yes. Oh, I wonder is that the experience I'm remembering? Like I'm just trying to I'm trying to tell this guy to go away without telling him why. That might have been it. Like just like kind well, of a tr- trust me, it. dude. Tonight's not the night to go skating with your kids. Well, the kids didn't listen. If you were talking to him, the kids pushed through oh, the no. buzzer door. Oh, oh, and then it, they called the cops after the kids saw it. I think that's what happened. Yeah, that is it. it. The yeah, the that is the story. Work. Shit. Buzzer didn't work. And this the kids was such a fucked through. up night, man. I can't believe we did this event. Oh, I know. So then two people, yeah, two things happen. <laughs> the cops call and then the Fort Worth Star Telegram called. Oh, God. And then uh, the Neighborhood Association for Woodland West called oh, all God. during that show. Oh, and the ambulance people to follow up. Oh, my God. Well, you know, all things considered, I did a pretty damn good job of keeping people out of that roller rink. I was a pretty fucking good security man. Only two little girls and boys. (laughs) You're right, Dave. You should get a medal for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe that was real. Those were were good times. And I remember... Um, gosh, I hope I paid you decent because I think we made a good deal of money. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. You were always enterprising uh, in that way. You you did have this kind of like DJ event planner sort of thing going on that I was always impressed with. Well, that was a one-time event, believe me. Maybe it was, time, it was maybe t- this this is your ticket, Mike. This this is what you should do now. You should bring it back. Bring gay skating, make nude skating back. Now is the time. You could like crowdsource it. You could. (laughs) (laughs) It would be so much easier now. (laughs) We'd sit there and let it do itself. It would be so much easier. (laughs) So I got a postcard. Did you? Months late, months later at Christmas time, actually. And it was to the roll rink, not me. Uh And. Well, my bosses were back. She's lovely, lovely. And she opened it up and 
six naked guys wearing sandals on a card that says, thanks for a great skate. Wow. Um, something, something about it made it in a magazine. We'll next time. And that, that is the move moment where the boss does a deadpan. Slowly they turn, look yeah. right at me. Uh-huh. And just says, what the fuck, Mike? And I'm like, oh, nothing, man. Just had a little pride party. I gotta go. <laughs> and you continued to to manage the roller rink after that. Oh, absolutely. She, hey, she saw how much money I made. When she yeah. saw how much money I made, she was tickled. How much money did you make? I don't know. I don't. I couldn't even remember, dude. But um, like seven, eight hundred dollars would have been a lot of money for, for that kind rink. of a night. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of nachos. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of nachos. That's the bathroom I got hepatitis B in. You're kidding. No. With who with one of the skaters? No, with anybody. It was just by me touching the stuff in the bathroom and getting it on me. No way. Yeah. You got hep B and you didn't even get to enjoy a sexual experience. Yeah, I don't think so. Jeez. What a rip off. Okay, let me change let me say, change subjects one more time because this is going to be this is one that should be documented for posterity. You worked on Net Talk Live. Correct? Oh, I did. What was your position on that production? Um kind of like you, I was like executive producer um slash um um sexually um, object, of, object. Of, of gay ridicule, yeah. um, physically and mentally abused. Um, those weren't paid titles though. <laughs> right. That was, yeah. okay. That wasn't on your paycheck. Um, no. Written yeah, like right. in the memo section of the check. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't get good jobs. I don't know how to make one of those. <laughs> no. Describe, just describe for me and anyone else who might be listening, what was Net Talk Live? Because this is going to take some explaining for anyone who didn't see it themselves. Let's see. It was the first internationally simulcast talk show, computer talk show. Um, that was simulcast on the internet on broadcast.com radio. If you remember that, that was Mark and Cuban's on, thing. Yes, it was. And, on a local TV and worldwide TV, even going out to the armed services. And what, what was the concept? So it was an, it was an hour long. Okay. So yeah, the picture of the year, the year is 1996 and seven, mm-hmm. you know, right. Burgeoning. This is right when the browsers and internet is kind of really burgeoning for consumer use. Their concept was to have a how to show where people could call in and with questions, um, they could interview people. They also reviewed hardware and software technologies and gave you fun t- tips and tricks on how to use this stuff because, well, back then, you know, <laughs> nobody knew there new. was a yeah, nobody these, knew there was these a were like the, the AOL days, like where people thought of the internet as a 
disk that would come in the mail and put in their computer. That's the internet. Yeah, you're right. There was AOL and there was what Netscape. There was uh, Earthlink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then when your your speeds were what maxing out at maybe fifty six, fifty six six baud, yeah, which which translates into downloading uh, a four minute song in about fifteen or twenty minutes. And uh, yeah. um, so this program, first of all, how long was it in existence? About two years. No, it was in existence, uh, let's see, from 996, 7, 8, 9, 10, 1 to about seven years. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, this, yeah. And this program had at its helm the mysterious uh, Jovan, right? He, he yes, was the Jovan. mastermind behind it. He was. And then it had like... Uh, the tech guy who actually was the guy behind QCat, right? Which yeah, uh, yeah, he's one of the guys behind QCat. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave was the tech guy. Then it had some and chick, then there was some kind of uh, uh, brainy, brainy chick character. What was yeah? That? I forgot what? what her name was. Yeah, and okay, uh, the the show was and then really, they had it. the show was yeah. really weird, but. I gotta say, it was, it was on, it was on the pulse. It was pushing the envelope for what was going on in those days, because really there it were, was probably it was a little ahead of its time. Yeah, it was. I mean, there were people like I know for a fact people at home watching TV who had not gotten the their computer yet. They were learning about what is the internet. You know, and it was such a weird thing. Like looking back, it's so weird. It's like they would like sit there and talk about like, oh, well, what site should we go look at today? Oh, yeah. Well, there's this new website. Here's the URL. We're going to go look at it. This is one of the new choices of websites that you could enjoy. And they yeah. would like, I'll talk about it. And then they'd, they'd have like remotes, like someone else from some other part of the country. Right. Like saying, oh, yeah, well, I just logged on and I just uh downloaded a picture you know like it was that kind of stuff right am i wrong no no you're exactly right you're exactly right and yet it was done it's, as a live a multi-camera show in a studio with a studio audience which that actually oh. was kind of the most interesting or exciting part about it because for the dallas fort worth market there were like zero shows that had a live studio audience like that right you you are right, and not only did it have a studio audience, and I don't know if you know this, but it got an absolutely bonafide, huge cult following. Did it? Huge. We did a show. We did a show one uh, time at. I don't remember if you remember. It, it was a computer store called Micro Center. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a live show there. It was packed, and then we did a show in the West End. Oh, in the West man. End, like outside. And you did a live entire, show outside of the West End in in oh yeah. Dallas, it downtown Dallas. Packed. It was packed. It it actually set some kind of, you know, record for the most people attending a broadcast in Dallas or whatever. Wow. So it would it, it had a cult following for a good long time. Wow. And 
now that guy Jovan, he's like a character. Like I, I think you can Google him. There's like after Net Talk Live, he went to like a whole nother chapter in his life, which was just as bizarre. I don't know what it is, but like he had like some sort of other. Oh, Jovan is uh, Jovan started out being the guy that um, uh, invented the triple blade windshield wiper really? and made those commercials. He yeah. invented that. Yeah. Wow. So he he's um kind of like he fancies himself like a Steve Jobs. Right. Um uh, but he's not. But he's not. He, he, um, with a dash of of uh um Raiders of the Lost Ark. What's his name? Uh That's funny. He sees himself like uh, that, right? Like I uh yeah, nowadays. Yeah, cuz isn't he doing some kind of like archaeological shit? He is, or at least he was. Yeah, he had been trying to get that show on the air for years. I mean, years he's been working on that. So tell me something about you, a family life, dude. I have known next to nothing about your your marriage and family life. Okay, well. Fully um, realizing that she might hear this. Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you, like, (laughs) I'll just talk about today. Because as yeah. of today, uh, Jen is actually in another country. She's in Japan right now. She's on the island of Okinawa producing and directing a show called something like Torn Between Two Worlds or whatever. I think it's a Chinese language show, actually. So she's out of town. So I'm home with the kids and uh, we have a live-in maid. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. But almost everyone in Singapore has a live-in maid, foreign domestic worker. So our helper, Anissa's from Indonesia, which allows us to afford her to be here, which allows us to both work. So I am, I at least have help in that when Jen's away, I can still go to work and, you know, things can still happen. But it is exhausting having three kids i i think i know you mentioned you you were a foster parent for a while which that's another story we can go back to that but uh yeah you know my kids are they are eight years old five years old and now four years old oh dude yeah and when they're all together you know it's like Anytime you're dealing with one, like one of them has a question, they want to know something, you're talking to them, the other two, at the, in the time it takes you to try and deal with one, the other two are off the rails, Sorry. causing some sort of going bananas. And it's just exhausting, like trying to, because, uh, you know, I try not to abuse them. I want to treat them with respect and nurture them. <laughs> But at the same time, you want to tell them to just shut the fuck up and listen to me. That's it's Ugh. like that's the dynamic all the time. I I I pity you. I mean, I do. I just I I think I would become an abusive parent in in my old age. I have not abused them, and yet my opinion of child abusers has softened a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. 
they push you they push you to the absolute limit of your capacity to deal uh, with shit and i have I lost mean, it for i've lost it more times than i'd care to admit but they push you and they push you and they push you into really you just cannot take it anymore and you just go off yeah that's a bad place to be it's scary man and you know i have uh i've avoided physical abuse i'm proud to say never physically abused them uh, verbal abuse i may have crossed the red line a few times here and there hey that's so better than uh, that's better no you know a lot of time they they push your buttons like nothing else can and when they when there's three of them when it's three against one you're so disadvantaged and there are times when they're like it's like whack-a-mole you know you're trying to deal with one kid you're trying to give them all your attention the other two also want all your attention you're going back and forth and like they push you and push you and push you and when 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 you lose your shit i can practically hear like jane goodall talking about like as i lose my shit say and now the 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 male primate is is is, is <laughs> attempting to assert his dominance by making a lot of noise and thumping his chest you know you're just like you are really like you're you're really resorting to like these primal primate urges and you just do like ur, 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 you know you're like you're you're really denigrated to like a sad, 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 sad position. That would be funny to 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 insert that into like a home movie. Oh God, it would be so easy. Just take any home movie and you get like a Jane Goodall oh. type. There's so much. I mean, it's all just like oh, we're, we're nothing but animals. That you know, when you get down to it, that's that's the thing. We're just all a bunch of animals who've somehow learn how to speak and wear clothes. Yeah, we think we're smarter than we are, I think. Yeah, truly. So you wanted that many kids, huh? That is something. Uh, I never thought I would have this many. I'll put it this way. 20... I thought the Asher, we the joke is um I said we should we might as well have named Asher vodka cuz that's the reason he's around. <laughs> <laughs> wow man that's just so grown up yeah being a grown up is not fun it's it is I'm, so overrated i'm waiting for it to be over please please i'm hoping that i still have some life in me when they go to college that i can like chill out a bit and take a oh. victory lap You'll you still you'll still spark in you. I hope so. Maybe start a start a new family at an old age. Please don't. I even if I was physically able to, no way would I start a new family. No way in hell. One is enough. One is more than enough. Yeah, I agree. I'm content with cats, man. Yes. And that reminds me, I know you t- you mentioned your, your beloved cat passed away. Yeah. I'm sorry and, to hear and that. My, and, and phone girl won't let me get another one. What? Which Why is, not? 
Whose house is it? Well, it's, um, you know, well, now, you know, it's her house. Oh, it's her house. Oh, okay. Then you yeah, it's her house. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, there were 10 cats. I might have told you there were 10 cats in this house a while ago. No, you didn't tell me. And now, so there's six, seven people in this house. There were 10 cats. They got rid of some of them. And then now there's three or four cats and a dog, a huge dog, uh, like a Rottweiler, that they keep locked up in a cage all the fucking time. And when it's not, have it muzzled all the fucking time. What? So they have all those pets. But and they won't let you have one little whittle, itty-bitty yeah, pussy cat. I can't, I can't get a replacement cat is basically what it is. And which really, what it is, is she's shooting out her pet because she's um, ADD, HD, and all that stuff. And the state of my room has sent her into um, – she, she's very upset about my room being a mess. I see. Well – She's, she's, she's kind of nuts, dude. She, she thinks that I'm lazy and unmotivated and I'm doing it on purpose as opposed to being sick and unable – we know you both could be right. That's what I'm thinking. No, I'm not. I'm not lazy and unmotivated. Well, you, you, I have been talking to you through muscle relaxers and being pills. So, first yeah, part man. of this was very chatty on my part. And I apologize. Well, no, no, I, I, you, you overcame the muscle relaxants pretty, pretty, pretty good. I guess the adrenaline started pumping, and you were able to enunciate <laughs> a little better. But uh, uh-huh. <laughs> this was fun. It's been great. <laughs> oh my, this has been great. Dave, send me a copy. Don't worry. Thank you so much. And this is just uh, the just the beginning, my friend. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I enjoyed myself. Thanks for putting up with my rambling, buddy. Okay, thank you, sir. You know I love Have you. Have a good. I love you too, man. Have a good night. Sleep. Okay. You have a good day and sleep whenever you feel like it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Someone Else's Memories by Revolution Boy and Calm the Fuck Down by Broke for Free are used under a Creative Commons attribution license.